Easter. Today we celebrate the resurrection, that Jesus rose from the dead. What a wonderful and awesome thing that was for human history and for our lives. Well, we've been gathering together in the homes over this time period, and today is actually our last day of gathering in the homes, and we've had a fantastic time of fellowship. Um, but we're looking forward to being all together again as a church um, very soon. Next Sunday is the midweek of the school holidays and also Anzac weekend, and we're going to be breaking for that Sunday. But a little tradition we sort of have in our church is that we um, actually just um, practice a bit of whanaungatanga over that time, and so we invite, maybe you could invite someone over to your house for brunch or lunch or dinner just for that day. So there'll be no gathering on that Sunday, next Sunday, but the Sunday after, the 1st of May, is going to be our first gathering together again, all together in the Chinese Association Hall. And we're going to have a bit of a party because we haven't been together again as a whole group for a long time. So there's going to be a bit of kai and we're going to have a bouncy castle for the kids. And it's going to be a wonderful time celebrating gathering together again as a church. And we look forward to that. Last Sunday I spoke about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem on the day we celebrate as Palm Sunday. And the, today we celebrate Easter Sunday, the resurrection. So we've sort of gone right through from Jesus' triumphant entry into the city through to his betrayal, his death on the cross on Friday where we commemorated that. And now this morning we celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead. And I want to share this morning from an account in the back of John's Gospels, which is of Mary Magdalene. Uh, that name sometimes has had a controversial sort of backstory to it, and a lot of it is, is actually very unfair and untrue that has been attributed over the centuries. The information we do know about Mary is that she was a woman whom Jesus encountered. She was a woman who was possessed with seven demons, and Jesus cast out seven demons from her. Just imagine the contrast that she must have had from being in utter turmoil and distress to meeting Jesus, having that healing and being delivered, and then peace must have just, just flooded through her body and her mind. She must have been completely transformed by that experience with Jesus. And because of this, she is just so devoted to Jesus and so she, she follows after his ministry. So she's seen Jesus the healer who's delivered her. And now she follows after Jesus and the other disciples. She becomes a close to disciple. She's devoted to him. And she sees Jesus the teacher. His wonderful teaching that he proclaims as he, as he goes around Judea and, and, and speaks about the kingdom of God. But, he, but she hasn't encountered Jesus as, as God. So we see just before this moment on Easter Sunday when she's about to go out to the tomb, she has followed Jesus right throughout his ministry. Like I said before, very devoted, so devoted. She loved Jesus. She was one of the very few that was at the cross, at the foot of the cross, watching Jesus as he went through his last few hours of agony, shame and humiliation. It must have completely broken her heart seeing this wonderful teacher, this wonderful healer who had transformed her life dying on a cross and she didn't understand what the, the ultimate purpose was and what was at the other end of this. And so on 
that's the context that we read about at the end of John's Gospel as, as she goes out to the tomb. It says in John's Gospel that she went out early in the morning while it was still dark. And again, it shows that devotion that she had to Jesus. Um, she may have been going, like in the other Gospels, to help prepare the body um, for burial. Or she might have just been going out there like a lot of people do when someone has passed away. You just want to go out to their gravesite to just be near them, to, to just a sense of place and being near the person in the body. So she heads out to Jesus' tomb. And we know from the gospel stories that Jesus was buried in a tomb that had a big um, rock, a big stone that was put in front of it that sealed the entrance and there were guards put outside. And that was because the Jewish authorities were worried that the Christian disciples, Jesus' disciples, would come and steal Jesus' body and then proclaim that he'd risen from the dead. And so they put this guards there and they put the stone in front to stop that from happening. And when Mary gets there in the morning, she finds that the, the rock has been <laughs> rolled away and she's just, she, I, I assume she freaks out because she's gone to stand by his tomb just to maybe mourn, whatever she's doing. And there, the rock is gone and she must have just absolutely freaked out. And we read in the text that she, she must have run back. It doesn't say how she got back. She must have run back to see the disciples and she bumps into Peter and another disciple who's not named in John's Gospel but a lot of people think John is writing about himself and he, she talks to them and she tells them they've taken away our Lord and when she's talking to them like that she's talking about his dead body she thinks that they've come and stolen his body and for Mary this must have been the final indignity the final insult after this wonderful man had done all these incredible things for her She'd seen him suffer and die the most humiliating death. And now the final insult, his body has been taken by grave robbers. How distressed and how upset she must have been. And, she, and she's sharing this with, the, with Peter and this other disciple. And so they all go back out to the tomb together. And we read in the text that this disciple who's not named, is possibly John, actually outruns Peter and they get to the tomb where the rocks rolled away and this, this, this other disciple pops his head in and has a look and he sees the, the linen cloths that would have wrapped around Jesus. They're lying there, but there's no body. And uh, Peter sort of bursts in sort of behind him eventually and, and he actually goes into the tomb, just classic Peter, just sort of bashing his way into the scene. And he actually sees the linen cloths uh, are there and then that, that the head wrap is actually all folded up nicely as well. And Peter doesn't get it at the moment, but that other disciple, it says in the text, that he, he actually gets that, oh, actually, Jesus has risen from the dead. He sort of gets the, the, the whole thing. But both of those guys sort of wander off back into town, and behind them is Mary. And Mary must have uh, obviously not run as fast as these guys, or maybe she walked, I don't know how she got there, but she eventually got there, and she was outside the tomb, and she is still in shock. It says that she is weeping outside the tomb, because, like I said before, she hasn't, she's not expecting a risen Jesus. She's looking for his dead body, and she is absolutely just in shock and, and just weeping and mourning outside his tomb. 
And then she decides to look into the, the tomb herself. And when she looks in, she sees two angels there. And it's uh, one of the only few instances in the Bible where someone's not completely in shock and awe about seeing angels and in fear and trembling. Uh, she just sees these angels and then, then these angels say to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? And she tells them, I'm upset basically because I'm looking for my Lord. That They've taken his body. I don't know where they've put him. And, and as she says this, she senses, a, 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 I guess, a presence behind her. It doesn't say in the text, but it just says that she turned and then there was, there was a man standing behind her. And that man is Jesus. It's the risen Lord. But she doesn't know it's Jesus. And there's a couple of different sort of uh, uh, options that people say that are going on here, why she can't see who it's Jesus. Some people say, and it's often in the accounts of the risen Jesus meeting with people like the couple going to um, the road to Emmaus is, is that somehow the, the resurrected Lord is somehow different looking at, at first and, and, and you can't quite recognize him and as, as, he's, as he's resurrected sort of thing uh, or in some sort of sort of shielding kind of thing uh, or, or I like the more practical kind of explanation is that Mary couldn't recognize Jesus because she was crying because she was upset and, and that just makes the most sense to me as well like tears were obscuring her eyes from seeing the risen Lord and that makes sense as well doesn't it because she wasn't in her mind she wasn't psychologically preparing to meet the risen Jesus she was looking for a dead body and so her mind was not looking there she's in shock she's crying it makes sense that she doesn't recognize Jesus in this moment just like she maybe didn't recognize they were angels um, and maybe thought they were also just ordinary men as well it says in the text she even mistakes this man behind her as Jesus as the gardener and Jesus says to her the same thing the angels said to her woman why are you weeping and when Jesus says that I, I, I really just think that he's, he's actually really saying I, I, I see your pain. I see your distress. I see what's going on for you. And he, then he says this, this line, which I think it just really sums up the question that, that Jesus is asking all of us. He says, who are you seeking? Throughout the, the Bible story, we, we get this, this thing from Jesus where he's, he's asking people, what do you want? Even in Genesis, when Adam and Eve has sinned and they've, they've gone away, and God is in the cool of the evening is, is calling out to them, where are you? Like there's a sense that God's looking for us and he's, and he's asking us these questions. What do you want? What do you deeply desire? What, what is on your heart? And Mary responds to Jesus by the same thing she sort of said before she said look I'm looking for his body they've taken his body somewhere and even she even says to this man who she thinks the gardener says if you know where you've put his body tell me I'll go and get it and bring it back sort of thing and I I, I love that scene in a sense because it shows again Jesus, her Mary's devotion to Jesus unless Mary was some sort of power lifter uh, you know Jesus was a fully grown 33 year old man 
who potentially had extra weight on him because of burial sort of uh, perfumes and all sorts of things and wraps and stuff and here's here she's saying that she will go and get this body and lift it and carry it back just showed the, the heart that, that Mary had and devotion that she had for Jesus that she would attempt to potentially do that herself and this whole scene is is, is, is changed when 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 he, Jesus actually says one word back to her and the one word that he says back to her is Mary it's amazing how powerful a name is it's our identity and there was something about Mary hearing her own name from Jesus that it was just like oh it's you Jesus she she, she got it in the moment and it, it says in, in John's Gospel that Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know my voice, you know? And, and I think that for, for Mary, it was like, oh, that's, that's the Jesus I know that I've listened to, that I've, I've done life with. And for her in that moment, she went from utter despair to joy. And so she, so she says this thing, yeah, Rabboni, master, teacher. It's in that moment she has actually, like I said before, she'd encountered Jesus as a healer who delivered her from those seven demons. She'd had encountered Jesus as the teacher who'd gone through that wonderful teaching and she'd seen Jesus go to the cross. But now in this moment, she encounters the risen Jesus. This is Jesus who is God, who is Lord, Lord over even death itself. And here she is just worshipping Jesus just enjoy that she's in his presence and then Jesus um, then says this thing to her it says in the text he says he sort of says oh don't don't sort of hold on to me um, I've got to ascend I haven't ascended to my father but but what the what's happening there it's not that he, it's some sort of Jesus is some sort of spiritual being that can't be touched or anything like that he's fully God he's fully man he's a resurrected person he can be touched it's what he's saying there is like I've got stuff I've got to do it's almost a bit like where you know your kids or something you're going away on a trip and and or you you've got to go to work and your kids don't want you to go and they grab little kids like grab hold of your leg and try to hold you that's what's sort of going on here and he's like no no I've got to I've got to go see the other disciples I've got to there's things I got to do and he says this wonderful thing about um, you know I'm going to see my father who will become your father my God will become your God and it's a wonderful picture of what Jesus has accomplished for us through his death and resurrection is that we are now adopted into the family of God we are now we are now part of his family through Jesus through the cross and through his resurrection life that we now live in and it says there that that he says to her you know go and go and tell tell my brothers you know I go to my I go to my brothers now so Jesus is now referring to the disciples as as, as his brothers it's part of his family that we we are part of the family of God here in this moment and this wonderful wonderful thing that happens for Mary here is that she goes to be the first person to kind of proclaim the good news of the resurrection isn't that cool that, that, that in their culture, their day, a woman, would, her, her testimony would not be believed. 
And here is a woman who's also had um, seven demons. She's had a, 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 a really hard past, but here Jesus is entrusting her to proclaim her message of the resurrection, of the good news of his, of his kingdom. And, and, and she goes to tell the, the other disciples and she finishes with, the, and I'll finish today with these five words. She said, I have seen the Lord. And if you are a Christian today, you too have had that encounter with Jesus where you have encountered the risen Lord and you can proclaim yourself that you have seen him. And that is the wonderful message that Mary goes to share and that we get to share is that we have encountered the risen Lord and to tell others out there who don't know him that he is Lord, that he is this wonderful saviour who has broken the power of sin and death and can bring us into this wonderful eternal life, resurrection life, now and forever. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I just thank you. Jesus, I just thank you for your death on the cross that you laid down your life for us Lord what a wonderful sacrifice that was Lord I thank you that you destroyed sin and death but most of all Lord I give thanks to you that you rose again Lord that you defeated death Lord that you defeated the final enemy and that Lord we can have resurrection life eternal life with you today and so Lord just like Mary Magdalene proclaimed Lord we can say I have seen the Lord Thank you, Lord. I pray your blessing over everyone in our community today as we, as we celebrate and enjoy Easter. In your precious, precious name. Amen.